random encounter at a broadcasting facility. A shared interest and love of all things Marvel. Excelsior! A misinterpreted program title. And behold, a podcast is born. Peter Melnick. Podcaster and comic book enthusiast. And Eddie Wilson! Upstate New York radio announcer, still with an inordinate amount of catching up to do. Peter! What are you doing? Here we go with a new episode of The Marvelists. What's up, everybody? This is All Ego Ethan Page. You know, that Ethan Page. The one from All Elite Wrestling, who's won many championships all across the globe in many different countries. Not just the one he was born in, Canada, which he's the greatest wrestler to ever leave the country of all time. And I have the best vlog in the entire world where I go on a toy hunt in a new store every single Sunday at 1 p.m. But you're listening to The Marvelists, and that's what we need to be talking about because you're listening to it with Peter Melnick and Eddie Wilson. Welcome, everyone, to The Marvelists, the Marvel Universe podcast. I'm Peter Melnick, and Eddie Wilson is on assignment in, oh, uh, uh, he's in, you know, you know the place. Anyway, joining us on the other end of the Zoom and string, we are joined with Ethan the Toy Hunter, all ego Ethan Page from All Elite Wrestling. Ethan, good evening. Good evening. So I want to talk first before we get into discussing everything Marvel, everything toys, everything comics. I did want to bring up the Distinguished Competition because as of this recording on Thursday, December 15th, there's been a disturbance over at the Distinguished Competition, DC Studios, DC Comics, etc. Henry Cavill is no longer going to be the uh, guy in the uh, little red shorts. Now he's going to be something, but we don't know what he's going to be, but it's not Superman. And when you heard that news, what did you think about that? Wait, hold on. What do you mean? He's going to be something like in the DCU, but not Superman? He might be like a different universe Superman, but as of right now for the plans of DC... He's not going to be in the uh, any of the movies going forward. So we don't know. Like, you know, the rumor right now is like, what's his name? Momoa. Uh, Wet Thor is no longer going to be Wet Thor. He's instead going to be Lobo. And it's like, okay, will it confuse the audiences? I don't know. Yeah, wait, yeah. I don't know if you can cast the same dudes to play different characters in the same universe i don't know but this is also coming from a guy who did karate man so i would really wouldn't listen to me i you were karate man no whoa 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 whoa. uh man that so i thought he was a great superman i will say that um but the dc stuff is such a mess that i'm kind of okay with them just ripping the band-aid off and starting over yeah I mean, I like a lot of what they're doing, you know, bless their hearts. And it's not a Southern bless their heart because they are, in fact, trying. But I don't know. It's like they they need to find the right thing. And I do feel like and it's not just because I'm a fan of the guy, but you got James Gunn there and he's pulling off a lot of great stuff, including your favorite movie, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, you know, just number one. Oh, my God. I hate that movie so much. <laughs> but you know what I will say? This I, There is a sequel that he directed that I really loved. Which one? Suicide Squad 2. Ooh, yes. 
And there, there, again, there's just something about it. Like he's a guy who can take obscure characters and make them into something fun, you know? Yeah, he gives them heart. We have Polka Dot Man. Polka Dot Man, while not a household name, he almost got there, but th- you know, then he blew yeah. up something. No, no, I, I, I literally thought of him when I was telling you like that he adds heart to the characters. Like you could take any character that well, he did it with Guardians just in itself. Now they are literally household names. They definitely weren't before the movie came out. As a Guardians guy, though, what did you think of the holiday special? It was amazing. Right. I loved it. It reminded me of the first movie so much, and the the second one it, it reminded me nothing of the second one. With the holiday special, though, I love the fact that they they were going all out on different things. And, you know, you can listen to our review about it. But one of my favorite things was it felt weird in certain ways, like when you see Groot. And, you know, on the episode, I described Groot. The way he looks is a theme park version costume of what Groot is supposed to be, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, a like, yes. And not, <laughs> it's not, so, not it's Disney so World. He looks like the Sesame Place version where it's like the wide, you know, count uh, the count head. It's just really weird. It's like, oh, wow, Bert looks weird today. Yeah, they wanted to put uh, an actual body in the suit this time for some reason. Yeah, it definitely looks like someone's wearing that thing. And when it came to a lot of what's going on with uh, with the, you know, phase, you know, phase uh, four is officially complete. Was it phase four or phase three we're on right now? Even I don't remember. Can I be honest with you? Yeah, <laughs> this is probably something I. This is probably something I shouldn't admit on a podcast called The Marvelous, but they kind of lost me, and I don't know if they're gonna get me back. I don't know if I aged out or if they made too much of the same stuff and it kind of started blending together, and I just lost interest. But I don't know what phase we're on. I don't care what phase we're on. <laughs> Well, as uh, you know, as the occasional roommate of uh, Karate Man, I have to ask you, what did you think of Shang-Chi? Oh, I, so I thought that movie was fresh. And also, it had different fighting scenes in martial arts movie style, like delivery. It was, that was a standout to me. I love that movie. This The scene where they're fighting on the bus is one of the greatest action scenes in any movie I've ever seen. It's so much fun. And it's like you don't expect um something like that. Like it it's a the it, the origin of the character is so condensed in a quick little way. And it as opposed to like, well, time to shoot Uncle Ben again. It's like, no, we finally can do something different, you know? Yeah, I really like that. And I also liked how they played all his entire family into the whole story arc and then building to the finish. Like I oh, I loved it all. It was great. That was a great movie. I will say I'm I'm curious to see where we're gonna go with whatever is coming next. I think it is I think it is phase four, uh, by the way, but with phase four coming up, it's like it I hope, you know, they can bring people like yourself back as well. Because like for me, this was the most hit and miss phase of them all. Like, what if what if didn't suck? I don't know, but I didn't like it, you know, or um what if Doctor Strange 2 was in a terrible movie? It it was eh. I will continue <laughs> to say eh. It's like I out of ten, I give it an eight because I'm like, oh wow, Bruce Campbell's back. It's like you know, awesome, but eh, eh, you know. Yeah, I I I'm below, I'm lower than eh. Literally, me and my wife looked at each other halfway through the movie and go, 
oh wow they're really doing a lot of weird stuff huh well i mean it is dr strange i love the first the first one was amazing yeah well the funniest thing is i didn't like the first one when i initially saw it back in the day and then through rewatches i'm like oh this is really good you know there's just something very good movie but let me ask you have you revisited uh spider or uh spider-man no way home since uh seeing it in the theater oh no i haven't it is so recommend well i say it's weird because when you went to the theater I would imagine there was a loud reaction to when um, Andrew Garfield and friends and Tugboat McGuire show up on screen, right? It was like, oh, okay. But no, I, I saw, I like, I have two kids now, so I'm seeing things uh, probably weeks after they come out. So spoilers had already been out by the time. No one in the theater was shocked. Well, at, at like the showings I went to, like, you know, on a, like a Thursday night showing, I'm like, oh, cool. And then like you hear like the roar of the crowd. It was like it was neat to see. But then when you watch it yeah. on home video or on uh, streaming, it lingers like it's a like a bad sitcom without the laugh track. And it's just like <laughs> weird. Like I get what you're saying now. It's, al- it's almost like they put extra footage in for the reaction because they knew people were going to make noise. Oh, absolutely. And it's funny because the one that didn't have that moment was the uh, Charlie Cox's Daredevil scene. And it's like, I was like, I audibly yelled in the theater, oh, shit. And, you know, you get that raw emotion and it's neat to see. Yeah, I thought that was really cool and opened a lot of possibilities, um, clearly, because now we have. I mean, I'm hoping people watched (laughs) She-Hulk. Uh, Because now we have him in like the Disney Plus stuff. So, and he was great on She Hulk. Like, he was really fun. And also, just like, again, good old Catholic Batman. You know, I loved seeing the return of the character, you know, and just the the way he is, you know? Yeah, he plays it very well. I like to me, he's the perfect Daredevil. And as someone that's actually read the books, like, I think he nails it in, in every way. Oh, yeah. And again, the raw intensity of all of these characters. And there's just, again, they make me appreciate the uh, street level vigilantes even more so than I already love them. You know, like I'm a big Moon Knight fan. So being able to see Oscar Isaac run around, you know, with all the different personalities and pull that off, too, like that was cool to see. Yeah, that was I think so. I was like, oh, man, they should have really made a Moon Knight movie. And then after I watched it, I was like, oh, no, this is episodic 100%. Like, there's too too many details, too many stories to tell. And the way they, like, portrayed the characters and told that story and how they ended the whole thing, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm ready for season two. I thought making the suit special, you know, like the reveal at the end of the first episode was a great decision. And it makes you oh, yeah. be able to be like, you you also limit how often it's shown because when it does show up, it's like, oh, you know, something big is going to go down when, you know, the mummy shows up essentially. Right. Yeah, for sure. Now, in regards to a lot of things with comic books, you know, I've been noticing on your uh, your uh, Ethan, the toy hunter blog of uh, log, you're going after a lot of CGC graded comics lately and a lot of different toys. And with the CGC graded stuff, what was the thing that kicked you off for that? Ooh, that's a great question. So a buddy of mine, uh, Pete in Canada, shout out to Pete. He got me a 
issue one, I'm looking at it right now, actually. Uh, issue, I want to say 16 of the Defenders. The cover is Hulk versus Thor. Nice. And I was like, okay, this is cool. Not really something that I thought about collecting or was into. And then over time, we moved from Canada to America. I was setting up my uh, new office that I'm doing this interview in right now. And I am now looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, forty, fifty, sixty, seventy, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-seven, twenty-eight graded books hanging up on the wall. So thanks, Pete, you dick. On behalf of all Pete's nationwide and worldwide, you're <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but and I I gotta say this, you know, to give you a little bit of a uh, a heads up when you show up at Pandora's Box in lovely Lafayette, New Jersey, on Sunday, April second, for your signing there, they have sitting on the wall a couple graded books. They have some in the boxes, and there's one book. It's a raw book, so you could get it graded. But first appearance of Vision, may I recommend that? Or if you want to, you know, totally Ooh. more out. They have the first appearance of Dr. Michael Morbius because, you know, we all we're all big Morbheads here. I actually am. And it's already hanging on my wall right now. I'm looking right at it. When you wake up in the morning and you see it, do you respond back with it's Morbin time? Be honest. <laughs> no. OK, you have to explain this to me. Why, why do people say that? So I tweeted out maybe like a couple weeks ago that I enjoyed the movie Morbius. Uh, I was like, oh, if it's self-contained, whatever, start to finish, not the worst movie I've ever seen. I like the character. And right near the end, it gave me enough that I was like, yeah, that kind of looks like Morbius. Thumbs up from me. <laughs> because I went in with no expectation. So I tweet out that I like this movie. And everyone is sending me gifts of it's Morbin time and memes of it's Morbin time. What is this? Basically they made it into a meme because not many people saw the movie during its initial theatrical run. So like basically what I remember with this at the time was everything, you know, when I went to see it, I saw it opening night in theaters and there were not many people in said theater and wow. you know, it lasted maybe a few weeks and then it disappeared. But the meme dream was supreme and it just kept going and going Morbin time. It's, you know, whatever Morb heads. And eventually, you know, Sony caught wind of the meme. And once they started acknowledging the meme, that's when the internet decided to gaslight Mar or, uh, Sony into thinking you should re-release this. We'll all go see this this weekend. And no one did. It's somehow and they did. No, they did not. <laughs> oh, it bombed. Oh, wait, no, no, no. But hold on, hold on. They re they re released it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is so funny. The internet is hilarious. And like I said, it it's like it's on par with that one time they managed to get Mister Worldwide Pitbull or Pitbull. Wow, Pitbull. Anyway, Pitbull to perform in a Walmart in Alaska. So, the internet. Yeah, the internet's a very interesting place. But yeah, the internet has way more power than it should. I'll say that. And in regards to again, you know, going back over to that Pandora's box place where you'll be having your sign again in lovely Lafayette, New Jersey. Uh, April second. Yeah, April second. What time is it again? By the way, because that I did not memorize. I want to say one to four, but I'm probably wrong. So don't quote me on it. As long as it's not at like three o'clock in the morning. 
you know. <laughs> no, 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 never. You will get first pick on all of the toys in the store, though. So just you know. And not only that, when I'm done my signing, uh, as part of my agreement, I have a shopping spree style. I think it's either thirty or forty seconds where I get to run around their warehouse. Um, warehouse yeah. Oh and see how much i can carry out so that'll be on my vlog look forward to that guys i cannot wait to see that because like i said i've been having so much fun watching the uh, various ethan the toy hunter vlogs even you know seeing uh your friend Danhausen, uh who's very nice very evil i have to ask by the way how much uh do you guys have to do in post-production to uh cgi Danhausen's face back on after you kicked it off a few months ago Ooh, we actually squashed that beef fairly quickly good good but that yeah. wasn't lethal. Kick, I gave huh? him uh it, it it was very lethal, but I gave him sixty dollars in Arby's gift cards and now we're cool. I have a friend that sued Arby's, so every time I think of that now, I just remember the lawsuit. So that's an aside for another day. I'll, oh I, my I'm, god, wait, what he sued Arby's for what? Over the Wagyu burger. Are you kidding me? Because my my friend Jason is apparently an aficionado on beefs and things and whatnot. And he ended up uh, yeah. winning a case action lawsuit over the Wagyu burger. Then, and that's why if you notice the ads, it says nonstop that it is a blend of, a blend of, a blend of, like 80 to 90 times. Oh, my gosh. Because my friend sued Arby's class action lawsuit. Look it up. Jagori v. Arby's. Dawn of Justice. Like dawn of justice i can't do that man i'm an arby's guy oh don't don't get me wrong i love i love arby's i you know i although i do wish yeah yeah let's say something nice let's say something nice about arby's because i feel like i feel like a turncoat right now like i just turn my back on this place that's fed me well with curly fries and beef and cheddars and the best mozzarella sticks on earth what is your stance on the uh, arby's curly fries cheese oh i think it's all right i love that cheese yeah, I think it's all right. I do. I, I, my favorite thing is the ego sandwich. I don't know if you've seen my Fat Food Fest vlog. Uh, Arby's actually laid down the gauntlet and wanted us to eat as much as we could. And I, adore the I track suits, by the way, <laughs> say that again. I adore the tracksuits. By the way, it was brilliant. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, that was that. That was all them. But you put some mozzarella sticks on a beef and cheddar. It's called the ego sandwich. It is perfection. There's crunch, there's cheese, it's chewy, delicious, it's the greasiest thing on earth. Very good. And I have to say, though, in regard, my favorite thing they used to have was the Big Montana sandwich. That was the greatest sandwich known to man. I never had that one. It was just nothing but roast beef on, like, you know, one of those little uh, sesame seed buns. Oh, okay. So it's just probably like a triple XL. <laughs> oh, fantastic. And then the loaded potato bites. I love how this is a Marvel podcast, by the way. Anyway. Yeah. Sorry. We got we got the meats and we got the Marvel. So Yeah. <laughs> Double M. This show is brought to you by our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash the Marvelists. And on the three dollar tier, you'll get access to episodes early and ad free. Five dollar tier gets you our two bonus shows. One fantastic voyage where we dissect and just talk about the 102 issues one by one, although if it's a storyline more than one at a time, of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby's amazing, incredible, spectacular, invincible, and fantastic run of the Fantastic Four, the world's greatest comic magazine. And two, you haven't read that? 
a show dedicated to the comic books that I haven't read yet. Some Marvel, some DC, all fun. And on the $8 tier, pick a topic of your choosing, not a topping of your choice. Or perhaps you can be a guest on The Marvelists. Above all else, we thank you for your continued support. But in regards to the uh, the vlog, you know, you are friggin' killing it. I love the Kevin Smith one, by the way, like the uh, most recent Thank you. one. And Dude, that, that was a dream come true and kind of something that fell in my lap in my home country of Canada in a store I actually shopped at. And uh, Kevin was one of the most courteous guests I've had on the show. He would have gave us way more time if we really wanted to ask for it, but he was he was great, like super cool. He's he's definitely one of my uh fa- he's like one of my biggest podcasting inspirations too. So like being able to see like all of my worlds cross into one. Like every time <laughs> I see him do stuff with like Mick Foley, for example, it's like, why is my hero meeting my other hero? What's going on right now? But well, dude, so like you got to think for me, I while trying to make it in wrestling, would drive. 10 hours one way with wrestlers in Canada, like uh, Space Monkey and Kobe Durst. And they would always play Kevin Smith's podcast. And we would always all listen to Batman on Batman and, you know, stay up to date with all the, you know, movies coming out. And, and, and now it's like, oh, wait, I'm interviewing this guy on my weekly toy show. Like my job is to go buy toys at toy stores and make videos about it. And I'm interviewing this dude that I'd listened to his podcast weekly so it was it was a it was a wild experience and i that's my favorite part about youtube is that it'll be there forever so later on in my life i'll be able to check back and and relive such a cool experience as danhausen just politely smiles and nods in the background yeah <laughs> yeah you really did it was like it was so wholesome i was like oh danhausen but um, in regards to, you know, Kevin, I love the uh, Fat Man and Batman podcast. And like, there's so many great interviews that he has on there, especially like the uh, Neil Adams ones where it's like 15 hours worth of just Neil talking about, you know, his career in comics, as well as just being like, comics are stupid nowadays. It's like, yeah, Neil. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, and uh, personally, too, because, you know, Kevin's got his books as well. I have uh, my own comic book coming out. So to get to tell him about that was pretty cool. And uh, to have him a part of like almost announcing it in my uh, toy hunt was cool. The the whole experience was cool. And in regards to the comic, tell uh, our audience about that because we're comic heads here as well. Sure. So there's not a whole bunch of information that's been out. Uh, I am posting a lot of the raw art or just the line art. Uh, while the pages get drawn up and while I'm kind of writing all the dialogue and stuff like that on my Patreon. But the book is called Toy Hunt. Um, It's about two kids whose dad goes missing and they somehow have to go hunting. And that's it. That's all all I can really say. But there's a bunch of really cool characters in it. Uh, the, The children in the book are inspired by my kids and a lot of the toys pull from like a lot of the side characters that end up being in there get pulled from either toys in my childhood or stuff that my kids like my daughter named two of the characters in in the book as well so yeah a lot of uh, personal stuff gets pulled into the book but 
it's got a lot of heart and I've pitched the the book to a couple of places that got picked up already. So I'm really excited to not have to be one of the comic books that gets funded by a GoFundMe or something like that. So I'm, I'm really hyped that I get to just focus on the book, write the story and release it to the world and, and hope people just enjoy it. Good for you, man. Honestly, like what you're one of my personal favorite talents in the world of pro wrestling because like you're so out there with trying to do as much as humanly possible and you succeed at all of it which is great to see and the creative mind element of it as well you know like again you're uh your bestest friend in the whole wide world karate man like i love seeing stuff like that and just the the fun of what wrestling is and just creativity as a whole you know well i think the best wrestling is just storytelling and it's just a, a different way of storytelling. Same with my vlog. Uh, I get to tell a story with my vlog, whether it's an ad or commercial for the store, or if I'm almost interviewing a guest about what they enjoy nostalgia-wise. And I'm also telling people about myself every single week, too, with what I'm purchasing. And now we're doing the retro commercials and trying to educate either younger or older people on stuff that I collected uh, when I was a kid and that I'm collecting now but wrestling is just i mean good versus evil it's a very classic story so i figured a comic book is the same i've never written anything in my life so <laughs> i'm, I'm kind of just winging it but i also don't want to uh, follow a format laid out by somebody else so i'm just saying you know what i'm gonna put this book out the way I want it to be. And uh, it'll be that thing Ethan Page made. Will it be good? We'll find out, I guess. Now, in regards to going back over to toys, um, what are some of the grails you're looking for right now, as well as just like the toys you're seeing, like, especially with Marvel, because, you know, got to keep it Marvel centric. But what are like the you ones that you're seeing where it's just like you're collecting now as a result? So I will say grail wise, um it is like old school mortal Kombat gi joe figures but i have them all on card i'm just trying to get all the vehicles and there was like a giant boat that came out for the movie i really want to get that in box um so that's like an insane grail and they're super hard to find in general but when it comes to marvel my marvel collection has kind of morphed into mostly books like all my graded books 80 percent of them are marvel 60 percent of them are amazing spider-man uh and the toys i'm collecting for marvel i'm super into the hot toys i think marvel has the best hot toys mostly because it's half of them are from the mcu so they're super realistic amazing to pose they look amazing on a shelf um and the hasbro like retro style legends are incredible oh yeah those are kind of the only th those are the only ones i'm keeping on card because i do figure photography and i'll buy a bunch of marvel legends just for that but i'll open those and kind of throw them in a tote but the retro ones oh i have all those i mean same thing with the old school uh, amazing spider-man figures uh, like the four inch ones from the 90s i have pretty much the first two or three waves hanging on a spinning peg nice 
And you mentioned, I saw it on your uh, Instagram today, the uh, Batman Forever shirt. And then in the comments, you mentioned that you got the uh, the sonar suit. I got that coming for uh, my birthday for my girlfriend. And I will say she showed me like the uh, the birthday, you know, gift thing. Like, you know, here's open this, then open this. And it says Batman sonar suit. And I forgot what sonar suit meant. I was like, thanks, honey. And then I look at him like, oh, yeah, Batman Forever. <laughs> And there's just, again, there's something special Dude, about that version. It's awesome. Those and, and they came out with the Chris O'Donnell too. Like they put the both figures out. Um, I can't wait to get those. And those four movies were pretty much the only superhero movies when I was a kid. So like I'll always love them forever. Now you and I are like close in the same age range. Um, I'm 34 and it's like, I remember 1995 vividly specifically for Batman forever. And that the green of Riddler and that, you know, big question mark that is like emblazoned in my brain to this. Well, day. they also had, they also had an insane campaign, I think with yeah. either McDonald's or Burger King. I can't remember where they came out with these glass cups. Mm -hmm. I still got mine. You got yours. Hold on, I'm gonna pull it off the shelf. I got a. Is it McDonald's or Burger King? McDonald's. Honey, honey, oh, bring yeah. out the fine china. No, no, not Riddler, Batman. <laughs> uh, no, I I pulled the Batman. Yeah, this is great. Right? Yeah, and McDonald's. The Flintstones yeah. the year before too. So great, big campaign. Uh, when it comes to stuff like that, like you, you, if even if you didn't see the movie, you'll remember the branding forever. And isn't it odd to remember that Seal's Kiss from a Rose comes from that movie? No, it's not. That's the only thing I know. <laughs> ba -da 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 -da. Anyway, did you ever play the uh, Batman Forever games on uh, any of the systems back in the day? No. So a fan, or was it you that replied to me? Someone said, when I posted the picture of the shirt, someone sent me a Sega Saturn nope, video not. game okay and they were like yeah playing it right now i'm like yo what is this i've never played that did they make a batman forever for sega genesis no uh batman for it was on all of the uh 16-bit consoles they have batman forever the arcade game on the playstation which i have uh i totally do not have a uh downloaded uh rom iso on my retroid pocket at the moment no no oh. sir, no not at all but um yeah it's it's a very interesting game it kind of plays like mortal kombat with the uh the gameplay on the uh, 16 bits and on the uh, PlayStation on the version I totally did not play on a ROM ISO is uh, like an, you know, an arcade beat em up. Oh, okay. It's so I think I have, I think I have it for Sega Genesis. Yeah. The Jenny one I really like. And um, I don't know. There's just something about that era of, especially of those games. Like when you were on our show last time, we talked about, you know, the arcade cabinets, the one up arcades and, it's wild to see now, like the discovery of some of those games too, you know? Oh yeah. I, I still want the original. You know what? This is a grail item. That's, that's Marvel is I want the amazing Spider-Man cabinet with Spider-Man, Namor, Hawkeye and Black Cat as the playable characters. And every level there is pretty much my favorite, like the Spider-Man and Batman have my favorite uh, rogue gallery. And when it comes to Spider-Man, everything is so like amazingly colored. The fact that you get to fight Scorpion, the fact that you get to fight Mysterio, 
Green Goblin, Hobgoblin, uh, Rhino. Like it's to me, it's the coolest. Yeah. So I would, I would, I would kill. Oh, Kingpin in that game looks so badass too. I would kill to get that original cabinet. Amazing Spider Man. I don't know what year that came out, but and also like ninety nine. Why do you, why did they pick those three? I, Black Cat, I understand, but what the hell is Namor doing, walking around near the Daily Bugle? Oh come on, you're not a fan of what Mister Spock? No, <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. Thank you, thank you for saying what needed to be said. <laughs> <laughs> I I uh, I've referred to him nonstop as what Mister Spock, and it's always fun watching the uh, diehard Namor fans because they do in fact exist. I was shocked to discover that as well, but uh, I the, believe it. Although the new Namor, I like new Namor for the MCU. Like that's it's better. He's like he's badass, and it's like, oh yeah, he totally would steal Sue Storm from uh uh, what's his name uh. John, uh, John Krasinski, you know, uh, I'm trying to remember his name from the office now. I was going to make the joke and then I ruined it. Damn it. Anyway, but uh, in regards to a lot of the arcade cabinets, it's cool to see also just what they pull out with some of the games. Like if you ever get the chance, I don't know if you've played it, but Punisher in the arcade by Capcom is fantastic. Dude, that's one of the best games ever. You could play as him or Nick Fury. I I haven't really finished many games in my life. I'm a quitter when it comes to things that make me, I'm like, this is supposed to be fun. I'm over it. So that's one game that I finished from start to finish. And it's like super fun. How great are those 16 bit arcade era tropes of I'm going to kick something on the ground. And all of a sudden it's just a ham hock and you eat that and you get your health back. I would not eat that. There's a turkey under this trash can. I need it for sustenance. It's like, no, no, yeah. no, don't do that. <laughs> okay, but have you played the new, uh, what, that Revenge of Shredder? I uh, Shredder's Revenge. See, I'm more of like a physical media person for these games. And since it's digital, I'm like, I want to get the physical copy. And I've been putting it off getting it. I've really got to, though, because it's limited run and limited run goes through like that. But I've seen video of it, and I'm like, "Ooh, it does look good." I did get the cowbunga. I'll tell you, it is very good, and I don't think it's weird that pizzas show up. No, it's understandable, and I mean they're mutated turtles. It's you know, <laughs> yeah. rules were thrown out the window a long time ago for them. You, they can do whatever they want. Rules don't apply. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Although I love the fact that the the toitles they come from. The, technically the same universe as daredevil when you think about it because that you know canister yes are yep yep, yep, so yep. Weird. but it's it so cool though i love that it was supposed to be satire and then it became one of the biggest properties in the world have you watched the cartoon since then because i've heard like it hasn't aged very well and i'm like kind of like i kind of want to you know uh sean michaels rick flair and just leave the memories alone but you know I'm sure I'll eventually get to it, but no, I haven't. I'm, I'll, I'll throw on um, Amazing Spider-Man, like the 90s version, yeah. and I'll, I'll throw on Batman Animated Series uh, or sometimes X-Men, but you, know, you no mentioned, Turtles. You mentioned, by the way, with uh, X-Men, and there was, a, there was a point I was going to bring up. I was thinking about it today. I was going to say it to you. But in oh, in regards to the uh, action figures, because they're starting to do the retro ones or the the retro card backs, 
they might be finally having the uh, Marvel Legends come out of the cardboard coffins. I don't know if you noticed that. They're bringing back plastic for uh, the Spider-Verse ones for Marvel Legends. Thank God. So I, if you watch my videos, I've brought this up with every guest I've had because I want to know their opinion. And I feel like most people, because they're being filmed, they will always say like, oh, yeah, well, it's better for the environment. Okay, I understand that. Do I believe that that's why they did it? No, I don't. <laughs> I yeah. think it was a cost. I think it was a cost saving thing. And if I'm a collector, I want to see what I'm buying. And I've talked to toy, toy store owners and they have literally said people have brought stuff in to either trade or sell. And after or before, depending on the person that dealt with the deal, they've had different toys inside the packaging. So not only are you dealing with like secondary market liars who are going to try and trick you because if it's taped clothes, it's mint on card and you don't know what's in there. You can, people could easily swindle you or trick you. And then not only that, if you are an out of box collector, you are now gambling. You don't know how the paint is going to be. You, you don't even know if the one you're getting from either target or Walmart has the toy in it because that's just stuff that's out there and people swap figures all the time. So I think it's a terrible idea. I just uh, got my hands on the Supaidaman, uh, the Japanese Spider-Man one. Uh, and I had to buy it directly from Midtown Comics because I'm like, no, I'm not going to risk this buying it in a store where someone might have swapped the figure out. Right, exactly, yeah. And I mean, he's an emissary of death. I want, you know, the emissary of death action figure. Have you seen that version of really? Spider-Man, by the way? So I've I've seen very like brief clips of it, but I will say the action figure, that one, and there was a two pack of Venom. Both of those have made me want to break my rule and buy the toys. I don't know what they look like. Yeah, it's it's definitely worth it. So now, Ethan, before we wrap this episode up, I do want to bring up as well your whatnot, and I want to be able to help you get that ten dollars by the signing up of that. So, Ethan, audience at home about whatnot and no one on our show has ever discussed what whatnot is so enlighten the audience oh this is so cool especially for your audience if they're a collector of literally anything um marvel specifically if you go to whatnot or honestly go to auctionego.com that's my website auctionego.com uh and you when you sign up you can get ten dollars on your first auction on me so what happens is people create accounts they start auctions and they put items up from all over the world and all over the spectrum of collecting there's people that deal with just cards there's people that deal with just funko pops there's people that deal with just wrestling figures marvel figures this is this you could go deep dive into whatever niche you're into and search for it and hunt it down and it's live um there's different ways that people do auctions. My favorite is like a Saturday or Sunday morning. I'll always open up the app and there's a toy store that is just walking around doing personal shopping. It's me and maybe 25 other collectors in there kind of commenting like, oh, let me see what uh, Sega Genesis games you guys have. And they'll just scroll through and this is a store I can't visit, but my phone can. So whatnot is opening up the availability and the chance of you finding something you've been hunting for a very long time. And then there's also guys like me 
who try and make their streams silly and entertaining. And I go out of my way to have exclusive merchandise that I make only for whatnot as well. So uh, yeah, it's a fun experience. If you want to check it out, I stream once a month. So go to auctionego.com. Very cool. And I got to ask, what is one of the, uh, what is something that you've auctioned on your whatnot that you did not expect to get the reaction that it did and it just blew up? Okay. So uh, there was a couple, one guy paid me to rip my shirt in half and then sign it. Um, I have sold a apron signed apron i've sold shirts that i've worn on dynamite and rampage uh and i'll sign those as well uh brody king sold his beard on one of our whatnot streams he 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 cut his beard and, and wrapped it up and sent that we all signed a bag with his beard in it wrestling fans are weird. yeah <laughs> that's all or- i'll say uh, you know what? You can say it because I'm not. I love them. <laughs> it's I know. Um, in regards to whatnot, I definitely I have not seen your stream. So now, just based on that description alone, I definitely need to check that out. When do you when do you normally uh do your whatnot? Usually towards the end of each month, but I just did one on uh, December 10th with uh, Ortiz actually from AEW. Um, so I'll hopefully be announcing my January stream pretty soon. Very cool. Ethan, thank you so much for the time today. No problem. And before we uh, go, so tell people how they can find you on, we already did whatnot. How can people find you on social media? How can people find you on the YouTube machine? And how can people find you on that TV box? Yeah, sure. So um, for YouTube, just go to youtube.com slash Ethan Page vlog. And the fun thing about my Sunday vlogs is I have a lot of fun guests that actually come from AEW. So you get to know them a little bit more personally, what they used to collect when they were kids, what their interests are today. But if you want to see these people beat the living snot out of each other, talk a bunch of trash and entertain you every single Wednesday at 8 p.m., all you got to do is turn on TBS. And guess what? We do it every Friday too. And that's at 10 p.m. on TNT. And if you don't have cable, that's okay. All you need is the internet because every Monday and Tuesday, AEW is on YouTube as well. And their YouTube is youtube.com slash AEW. I also hear some vintage Ethan Page is going to be available on the uh, Honor Club very soon as well. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, go go sign up to Honor Club and search Ethan Gabriel Owens. Uh, You can see a very spunky, young Ethan Page trying to make it in the wrestling world. Very cool. Ethan, thank you so much for the time once again. And we got to do this again. This was a this was a hoot and three and three fourths. Yeah, this was fun, man. I appreciate it. Now uh, we do our outro where I go for the Marvelous. I'm Peter Melnick. You're going to go. I'm uh, all ego Ethan Page. Or you can do Ethan the Toy Hunter. I like that one, too. So you pick you pick which sure. you go with. And then I'm going to um do sure. My uh, partner's line, and then I Excelsiorus on out of here. Cool. For the Marvelists, I'm Peter Melnick. I'm Ethan the Toy Hunter. And Eddie Wilson is always Eddie Wilson. Excelsior! Enough said. True believers, mustache, mustache, mustache. Yeah. <laughs>